0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 623, recorded live on Sunday, January 26th, 2020. And here are your hosts, the man who is sore from being outside, Dave Play. Hi. The man who is sore from being inside, Andy Lowe. Hi. How's your leg? Oh my gosh, physical therapy on Friday was just killer. Oh. But it's important I know it's important But oh my god I'm still feeling it today
1: Yep Yep It it sucks I'm sorry
0: Yeah I You know I don't really feel it Until I'm either on my hands and knees Or I stretch my leg All the way out straight And then it's like Oh Hello
1: (laughs) Oh there's There's like muscles there Yeah So
0: Sorry Andy (laughs) Well it's not your fault
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes That's true And I'm very glad for that Otherwise, I'd feel terrible.
0: Yep. Uh, So it's not like, you know, I had planned on, you know, replacing a console board this week. Yeah. Where I have to be, you know, under a tabletop for long stretches of time. We have gotten uh,
1: about a... foot of snow.
0: Yeah, we haven't actually. It's only this, been- This uh, week. Yeah.
1: Like, not all at once, but across the week. And yeah, I am just so tired of shoveling my drive- <laughs> shoveled my driveway three times this week. Four. Four times this week, including Monday. <sighs>
0: Luckily, we just had the one... I don't think we've had to shovel it this week. No, it's the rain has actually melted it a bit, so that's good. Well, good for you. Yes, thank you.
1: Uh, I came home... No, I I woke up yesterday, and the the plows had come by. Oh. And, dude, I don't know what I did to piss off the snowplow driver, but clearly I did something. There was three feet of snow at the bottom of my driveway. Packed snow.
0: Yeah, we... uh, that's part of the reason why I got the gas-powered snowblower, because uh, they would do that on ours. Because they would just be going, you know, thirty-five miles an hour. Yep. Just drop it in front of there, and then you know they would do it in the middle of the night, and so it yep. would just have a chance to freeze.
1: Yep. And then you wake up in the morning, you're like, "All right, time for work." Oh, I can't get the car out
0: of the driveway. Yeah, no. There's there was one time where I literally got the car <laughs> stuck at the end of the driveway, <laughs> and there was nothing I could do. Yep.
1: No, it, and like just looking at the road and going like, "Well,
0: shit." what, so, I've, it, what I've read is that you yeah. need to plow like three feet next to your. I do, and it's I live still, in a cul de sac. Oh well, yeah, you have no place to no place extra to dump the snow then. No, so when when they
1: come through, they clear out the circle part of it. But then, as they're leaving, they pass my my house and driveway. Oh. And so they actually do pile up uh, a bunch of it elsewhere. But I I guess by the time they get to me, they're just like ready to be done because they just leave it there. And holy shit, it was an unpleasant thing to wake up to. (laughs) I do not doubt it. So, yeah, that's that's been most of my weekend. Actually, I don't know what I'm going to do with most of today since I don't have to do the driveway today.
0: (laughs) I don't have to go outside today. Like, for the
1: first time in several days, I don't need to shovel the driveway. <clears throat>
0: it's I fantastic. am, after this, going to see about putting a shelf. In above our new closet stove. Oh, ah, okay. The closet's actually, I think, basically done. Cool. You know, it, it, it's not perfect, but, you know, I, I got everything out of the closet. I sorted it all out. I, uh, you know, put up the new closet stuff. I hung up most of the stuff back up again. I just got to hang up my pants and then, um, yeah, everything will be back in the closet. Cool. What uh... but, No, I'm going to put a shelf above our new oven. Okay. Because the new wall yeah. oven is shorter than the old one. Oh, so We've got about space. Yeah, we've got about eight inches of space above the new oven to where the cabinets are. So I'm. I got (coughs) a. I got a. You know, piece of plywood. Got it cut down to size. But the uh, the basically the verticals that hold the cabinet tree together are on the inside of the cabinets. So I got to cut notches in each of the four corners for it to fit. Have fun. I've got a. I've got a jigsaw. (coughs) You know, I I measured them all out. I marked them out. I just literally just got to take the jigsaw to the to the plywood. I would. And That's then, not too bad, then. Yeah, just drop it in there, and then, boom, I'll have, you know, another shelf with eight inches of clearance, which will be good, because then we've got a lot of new baking pans and casserole dishes and stuff for the new oven, since it's bigger inside, even though it's the same size as the old one. <laughs> I th- I, I, was, I was thinking, I was like, wait a second, the volume's bigger, but it still is a 27-inch wide oven. Volume's bigger, and it's shorter than the old one. Huh. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, well, it's probably just the uh, material used for insulation has it's probably advanced in the last you know 30 years 30 years yeah what technology advances
1: in 30 years especially materials technology what Mm -hmm. no
0: false no way oh this is not a topic but i uh amazon is actually coming out with new packaging speaking
1: of material science
0: yeah because you know the what's their new package so you you have the cardboard box that's not going to change okay um the plastic bubble the, the plastic bubble envelopes the air yes yeah, um which has already changed and advanced, but yes. They're making one that's entirely out of paper products so it can be recycled with the cardboard materials. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I'm just trying to I'm trying to find I I caught that news article somewhere and I don't remember where it was. <laughs> Trying to search for it. Yeah, and I it's one of those things I caught, you know, <clears throat> during one of my late night Isaac is trying to go back to sleep, checking of my newsfeed and it uh <clears throat> yeah, I can't I can't find it. Let's see new Amazon envelope maybe? <clears throat> nope. Well, that's the thing is Amazon's now going to hopefully start rolling out these paper air package envelopes because I'm looking at the last three things that I ordered from Amazon and two of them came in those envelopes. <laughs> well, that
1: will be good then for mm-hmm. them to have more eco-friendly stuff. Yes. God.
0: <sighs> There's a lot. <laughs> Our society has got a, a waste problem.
1: A little bit, a little bit, which is to say a lot of bit as I look at my desk and I look at like, that's not recyclable, that's not recyclable, that's not recyclable. That's not recyclable. Well, not only that. Two aluminum cans. Those are recyclable.
0: Also, I have two aluminum cans on my desk, so I should probably clean that off. Well, it's even, you know, this, once again, not a topic, but just, you know, the PFAS problem we're having over here on this side of the state, where it's even like, you know, just back then, what did people do with the waste? Oh, we'll just bury it, or or we'll just, you know, dump it That's down the drain. That's a future
1: problems, a future generations problem.
0: Yep. <laughs> We we don't need to worry about that. Or they didn't even know it was a problem at the time. <laughs> yeah. I.E. asbestos. <laughs> hey,
1: look at this cool material that's fire resistant.
0: Let's put it in everything that has a chance to burn.
1: Yep. Hey, maybe there's like something we should be concerned about with material that doesn't catch fire. Like that seems kind of unnatural. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Don't worry. No, like legit. Shouldn't we be worried that like it doesn't actually catch fire? No, not a problem. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, world is kind of screwed.
0: mm mm-hmm. <clears throat> Trying to think of uh, where I can go from here in the topic list.
1: Oh, in the topics? Yeah. That's, I'm not sure.
0: Huh. Talking about appliances and the future. Turns out if you have a GE Cafe fridge. Yeah. Uh, the one with the touchscreen on the front, it uh, it comes with a water dispenser okay. in the fridge, which has a, you know, filter for it.
1: Yes. Well. My fridge also does.
0: Um, the GE fridge will let you know that, hey, your. Uh,
1: your filter needs to get changed.
0: Yes. Okay. Mine does that too. Yes. Except when the GE filter is either, um, if your filter is either older than six months or not a genuine GE filter, it says, hey, your refrigerator requires a fresh fresh filter to function as designed. Replace your water filter immediately. Order a new filter or install a bypass. The new GE water filters have RFID tags on them. So
1: that you, you have to use the
0: first party stuff. Yep. And if
1: you don't, it complains.
0: Yes. And won't let you distribute water unless you... Uh, put in the bypass cartridge. What? Which is a hunk of plastic with an RFID tag on it. Yeah. What? (laughs) What? Oh, God. How long is that going to last? I don't know, but uh, the article here was, you know, talking about, hey, I got a a fridge, a a new GE fridge. And then after six months, I got an email from GE saying, hey, we hope you've enjoyed your GE refrigerator and the test of freshly filtered water. Our records indicate it's time to replace your water filter. We recommend replacing your filter every six months. So it's not even how much you use it, which it actually should measure that. It's on a clock. Every six months, your filter will go bad, even if it's not been used.
1: So, that part, I I have less issue with. I mean, I still think that's a terrible... Like, that's planned obsolescence. That is... Definitive planned
0: lessons, yeah
1: right we like i don't care what you're doing with it it's going to last six months but also like how do you know when the filter is bad do like should it track the amount of water that is being dispensed
0: that's the that would be the way to do it
1: right well that's going to be uh, so much more intensive on on like the manufacturing side
0: yeah because you would have to have a water flow sensor built into right
1: other yeah. than just saying you know what every six months
0: just change it yeah that's every six months just change it that's 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 a line of software code. Measuring water volume usage, that's hardware and software code.
1: So I can, I can kind of forgive them for the 6 months thing. But requiring an RFID tag and requiring first-party products, or you have to purchase something that gives you the right to do a non-first-party product?
0: No, they don't have those. Isn't that what the bypass was? No, no, the bypass is a chunk of plastic that you plug yeah. in where the filter is supposed to go that just doesn't, you don't get and a filter. doesn't filter it? No. Oh. What?
1: What? <laughs> what yeah so either way if you want to use the water does the bypass last six months
0: the bypass is just a chunk of plastic so it
1: right but does it say after six months hey you have to change your bypass
0: no 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 if you plug in the bypass it says unfiltered water your refrigerator is dispensing unfiltered water and ice replace the bypass plug with a fresh filter to use your filtered water dispenser feature so it just says hey you're using unfiltered water but that's it
1: ah this is ge yes Fuck
0: that. Now, what the guy noticed is that, you know, well, he's like, well, how does it know that I've got the bypass filter in there? Because it's a chunk of plastic. Well, he peeled back one of the labels and found the RFID tag on the bypass filter. Right. So he basically...
1: That's, you can stick it on whatever you want.
0: Yeah. So he, he uh, found out exactly where it's supposed to go on the inside part of his fridge where the filter normally sits. Yep. And so he just taped the RFID tag to that location, and then he ordered the older models of the filters, which are exactly the same format, just not with an RFID tag, uh, mind you. Okay, so just so in case you're wondering, uh, <coughs> the official GE water filters, single filter, fifty-five dollars. Three pack is one fifty. So fifty dollars every six months, a hundred bucks a year just for filtered water. Yeah, uh, he found the older filters, the generic older filters. Two for twenty-five. Yep, two for twenty-five. <sighs>
1: <clears throat> And, but, like, the RFID tag, does the fridge know if you've reinserted the same one? Yes. So you you have to come up with some system to get a bunch of RFID
0: tags. No, well, no, 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 no. So, yeah, if you take the RFID tag out of your current filter and you put it on a new generic one and put mm-hmm. that in there, it'll be like, hey, no, this is the same one.
1: Oh, but he's using the one from the bypass. Yes. So that it's actually filtered. The fridge just thinks it's not.
0: Yes. <laughs> <sighs> I can just, I can just feel the seething.
1: Yeah, I love his conclusion, which says, like, don't do this. You'll save a ton of money, but don't do this. GE has the right, et cetera, et cetera.
0: I don't think you should try to defeat proprietary technology that GE installed to keep us safe and leak-free and our water-tasting clean and fresh. And GE has the right to charge whatever they want to for a part that they make, which is true.
1: Yep. But... No, I I would do this, too. But at this point, I'm probably not going to buy a GE fridge. Nope. (laughs) Because that's some... Big bullshit there.
0: Yeah, granted, you know I've had problems with my um, KitchenAid um, KitchenAid appliances, which is owned by Whirlpool. So I've got problems with Whirlpool. We've got problems with GE. People are telling me there are problems with Samsung appliances I mean, as problems well. With
1: any of them, because it's all planned obsolescence, and they don't care. They want you to buy new ones. They want it to last just long enough. So that you will buy new ones.
0: I guess I'll buy LG brand appliances. Maybe. I'm trying to think of who else is out there. Brewerpool, which owns KitchenAid. Uh, who Gee. owns who owns Frigidaire? Frigidaire. Electrolux. Oh, well, I've heard Electrolux is actually pretty good. Electrolux owns Frigidaire. Electrolux is Swedish. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I might have to go with Frigidaire and Electrolux then. Because, <laughs> <coughs> yeah, no, GE, yeah, mm-mm.
1: GE, Whirlpool, Samsung. Jesus Christ. They're all terrible. All right, what else
0: do we have before my voice just totally gives out? Ooh, ooh, ooh. How about the Space Force? Are you going to bring up the argument that it was based off of the Star Trek insignia? Uh, I mean,
1: it was based off the old Air Force Space Corps division. Yes. But it really is a ripoff of Star Trek. I mean,
0: look at them. Well, that's why I I specifically picked this article, because it has all three of them right next to each other. It has the Starfleet Command insignia. It has the Air yep. Force Space Command insignia. And it has the new Space Force insignia. Yep. And what's your takeaway? I see the old Air Force Space Command logo. Mm-hmm. and I. I go, yeah, no, that makes sense that the new one <laughs> is a playoff of the old one. Now, does it look like on happenstance to look like the Starfleet command logo? Yes. Yes, it does.
1: So George Takei wrote an editorial for the Washington Post.
0: Star Trek vision is hopeful. Trump's is the mirror image. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he calls out the mirror mirror episode going like yeah this is kind of what it's like and we're in deep trouble <laughs> i i really like the um uh, the final paragraph though uh, <coughs>
0: final paragraph okay here we go <coughs> uh. saying that
1: trump should uh adopt the imperial logo from star wars yeah from the other space fiction franchise. <laughs>
0: What about the First Order symbol, maybe? Uh, I don't remember what the First Order symbol looks like. It looks like a pit of spikes. Oh, yeah, okay. But yeah, no, that Delta symbol has been in use since 1942, so... Who stole it from whom? Yeah. Well, I when did that Starfleet command logo appear? <laughs> because that...
1: Well, Star Trek came out in the
0: 60s. Yeah, 66. Yeah. But I think that actual, like, command logo didn't show up until later. No, it would have been on their uniform. Well, yeah, the the Delta would be on their uniform. But when does that actual emblem of Starfleet command? Okay, here we go. The Starfleet Command emblem never appeared on TNG and was created by Michael Okuda as late (laughs) as for the fourth season of DS9. Starfleet Command seal was first seen on Homefront DS9. So yeah, so the Arrowhead itself is from the original series, but that actual (laughs) design was not until DS9. Okay. So Air Force
1: Space Command was founded in
0: 1982. Well, who was the command for... Because it's the... There's got to be older space forces during the um, during the like the Apollo era and such, right or no?
1: NASA and the United Earth Space Probe Agency? No, that's fiction. Just NASA.
0: Well, no, because it was originally like Army Air Force, and then the Air Force got spun off, and then it was like a space division of the Air Force. But that, did that Air Force Space Command not start until 82, really? Air Force Space
1: Command was founded in 1982.
0: Okay, it was originally Air Force Systems Command, and then got changed, okay. Okay, I'm going to show you the link of the Air Force Systems Command logo, which got okay. turned into the Air Force Space, space Command. Command.
1: USAF Systems Command. Ah! I think you're stretching it. Yeah, that one's that's an arrow, not a Delta. That's like a, I guess it's supposed to be like a flight path going up. Yeah, no, no. I'm think they, they stole the Star Trek symbol. I'm pretty sure they stole the Star
0: Trek symbol. <laughs> so in other space news yeah uh, DirecTV's got a satellite issue
1: oh is this the satellite that's going to explode yes unless they bring it down
0: and no, no, explode they're gonna it bring intentionally
1: it they're going to bring it up I thought they were trying, they were going to try and decommission it
0: yeah no uh, <coughs> basically there's a there's a higher orbit that they call the uh, graveyard up there
1: yeah but that's a bad idea that that puts more junk
0: above us yes but no that's that's uh, the graveyard over it uh, <coughs> where is it hold on Okay, so geostationary orbit is twenty two thousand miles above the Earth's surface. Uh, where is the list for where the orbit is? Uh, the higher orbit is roughly one hundred and eighty five miles above its current path. So, yeah, so there's an orbit up there that above geostationary that that's that's where they put satellites to die. That's why it's called the graveyard orbit.
1: Right, but but you understand my concern of this graveyard yeah. because we are building a net going around the planet where eventually we won't be able. To- to leave.
0: Okay, deorbiting a geostationary satellite requires a delta V, so a change in velocity, of 1,500 meters per second, whereas reorbiting to the graveyard orbit requires only about 11 meters per second. So it's harder. No, it's easier. No, to to decommission. Oh, yeah, to deorbit requires a whole lot more energy. Right. Uh, all right, well... So, okay, so then the uh, well, uh, while standard geosynchronous satellite graveyard orbit results in an expectable lifetime of millions of years, the increasing number of satellites, the launch of microsatellites, blah, 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 is basically says that it's gonna, we're going to run out of space up there. <laughs> Lovely. Exactly. Uh, Large satellite networks require orbits that passively decay into the Earth's atmosphere. So SpaceX has committed that decommissioned satellites from their star, what is it, what are they called, Starlink?
1: The SpaceX one? Yeah.
0: Yes? Uh, That decommissioned satellites will decay to a disposal orbit where satellite orbital altitude will decay due to atmospheric drag and then naturally re-enter the atmosphere and burn up within one year of end of life.
1: All right, I mean, yeah.
0: so yeah, they put it up there just because it's easier to get up there than to try and get yourself into burning up in A the better, atmosphere. Yeah. Okay, once well. again, it's the future's problem.
1: Yeah, it's just not we don't need to worry about that. I mean, you know, when an exploding satellite starts sending out shrapnel and it starts hitting other uh, satellites in similar orbits, which then, of course, break up because they just got impacted by a high-velocity thing, which causes more high-velocity things, which then hit other satellites and starts a chain reaction around the world that locks us in and simultaneously destroys the global communication network. No big deal. But hey, they're making chocolate chip cookies in space.
0: Yes, which took two hours to cook.
1: How long does it take in the oven? Normally, on no, no, Earth, it's been a long time since I've made cookies.
0: That's true. <laughs> Because, you know, gluten.
1: Yeah. Was it like a
0: half an hour? Normally like 15 to 20 minutes at a 350 oven. Okay. But these took over two hours at 325 degrees. It's
1: a long time. Yeah. To be sitting there waiting for a cookie. Did they get to... So here's the real question. Yes. Did they get to eat the cookies?
0: No. No, they did not.
1: I didn't think they would. Crumbs.
0: The, uh, the cookies will undergo more testing, so... <laughs> Cookie. Well, they want to see, you know, they, they expected like the cookies to be just like a ball or a sphere, but that's not the case. It looks like a cookie. So they want to do more tasting, you know, not tasting, but they wanted to move more, Test. more I testing. Mean,
1: they, f- they probably do want to do more tasting,
0: but it but, looks like it was made in this this thing. Like Yeah, the, the zero the G oven. So yeah, it's it uh, the stuff is kind of basically like vacuum sealed in a little bag and it's slid in there like... <laughs> Like a like an old, I don't know, what do you... Hot eat? pocket. Yeah.
1: It, it looks like a... I, of course they don't get to eat but,
0: it. But, no, 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 but don't worry, the representative said. Astronauts aboard the ISS enjoyed special pre-baked <laughs> chocolate chip cookies that were sent up on November 2nd. So, chocolate they chip...
1: They got to two eat two-month-old chocolate <laughs> chip cookies while smelling <laughs> Freshly baked, fresh-baked <laughs> chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> This is an experiment from Doubletree. Yes. The hotel
0: chain was the one who paid for the experiment of can you make cookies in space? Thank you, Hilton.
1: Someone is going to eat that cookie.
0: No, no. What's going to happen is they're actually both going to be preserved and put on display. One of the cookies has already been offered to the Smithsonian.
1: I can imagine a heist movie in the future. (laughs) They have to steal the cookie? No, they have to steal something else from the Smithsonian, but the cookie happens to be there.
0: <laughs> and the guy's just walking by going, oh, hey, look, cookie. Yeah, <laughs> It's like the... Oh, what was that? The old show on Discovery where they actually had people, they had a burglar break into your house on purpose. What? What was that to... Uh, what was the name of that show? To, no, not to catch a thief. That's the uh, Cary Grant Hitchcock movie. It takes a thief. Yep, 2005 TV series, It Takes a Thief. It was on Discovery Channel from 2005 to 2007. Um, two former burglars created the show where they would actually burgle somebody's house. That, you know, they were allowed to burgle somebody's house. Okay. So immediately following the burglary, you know, they would meet with the owner to return the goods. Yep. And to explain, so you know, Also what, to
1: talk about your security and how badly it sucks.
0: Yes. Okay. And then later, they would return and attempt another break-in without telling the homeowners that they were going to. Well, they told him, like, you know, at some point in the future, we're going to try to break into your house again, but we won't tell you when, um, just to see if the homeowner is actually using their, you know, security. Their equipment. recommendations. But okay. one of the funniest bits that um, I loved on the show was the, the burglar guy. He would always try and, like, steal the TV, but if the TV was too big for him to carry out, mm-hmm. he would go and steal the remotes. To be petty? <laughs> just, he was like, you know what, it's just... It's one of those things. It's like, well, if I can't get your TV, you know, remotes are small. I'll just throw it in my pocket and take it with me again, like just to be petty. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was his thing. So now I'm just, yeah, picturing your heist movie where it's like, you know what? They steal something big and it's like, you know, while we're at it, let's grab the cookie, grab the cookie, take the cookie. It's small. I can put it in my pocket. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Ah, <sighs> okay. So they cooked cookies in space, and these poor, poor people trapped. It. I mean, they're they're stuck on the ISS, uh huh, and had to just smell a cookie that they don't get to eat. I feel bad for them.
0: Well, now we know. Yeah. And in other space news, there's more. There's more. Actually, yes. There's so much space. <laughs> Well, space is very large. Stupidly large. Um, I guess Curiosity had a problem that caused it to... The Mars rover. Yes. The only rover still working on Mars right now. Right. Um, It lost its orientation. Okay. Like it just didn't know where it was pointed? It didn't know where it was pointed. It didn't know where any of its uh, various parts were also pointed. Ooh, that, that doesn't sound good. No. So, th- luckily, Curiosity, as soon as it loses all that information, literally just freezes in place. <laughs> it's like, nope. I don't I'm know. Stuck. Yeah, I'm, I don't know where I am. I'm literally going to stop imagine, moving.
1: Imagine yourself just going blind and not being able to tell where your arms are.
0: Yeah, what's What's the first thing you do? The first thing you do is stop. literally stop. Do You
1: feel like you'd stop.
0: So that's what Curiosity did, is it literally stopped and said, hey, I don't know what's going on. Actually,
1: yeah, that's, that's also true. You would stop and you would shout out for help.
0: <laughs> Hello? Can somebody help me? I don't know what just happened, but I can't see or feel or... I am experiencing a small problem. <laughs> Ah, help. So, uh, luckily Curiosity, has sent back information saying, you know, hey, I don't know what's going on, but you know, here's what I do know. And it kept sending back information. So they were actually able to basically rebuild what it was previously doing and were able to send Curiosity. It's, uh.
1: Man, they are doing so much with so little. Yeah. What was Curiosity? Curiosity. Curiosity landed in 2012.
0: Was supposed to be a two year mission.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to know. Uh no. Incorrect. It wasn't supposed oh, to be a two year no, mission? No, I'm sorry, that's opportunity. Was well, but wasn't curiosity and opportunity the same No, 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 no. Spirit. Length. Spirit and opportunity. Spirit and opportunity. Okay. Yeah, Curiosity was the big huge one. Mission duration. Yep, you're right, two years. Six hundred and sixty eight Sols. Launch date was November of 2011. Landing date was August of 2012. And it is still going.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you, nuclear power.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, like, also, thank you, awesome, awesome engineering.
0: Yes, because Curiosity's had problems. I mean, there was the whole thing where the wheels were starting to uh, basically break because they didn't expect... Mars Rocks where they found Mars Rocks.
1: And they also didn't expect it to last for eight
0: years. Yeah, it had issues with the memory... Remember that going on there where they actually had to basically switch over to the backup computer on there. But man, this thing, I remember we were down in, uh, Huntsville at, uh, the, the NASA museum down there. And that's also where, um, space camp is. And they had one of the space camps. Yeah. Well, the original space camp, Mm -hmm. um, they had a a full size model of curiosity in the, uh, It's big.
1: Yeah. Like it is way bigger than you think it is.
0: Yeah. Damn.
1: Like also the amount of space it has gone on, on like the, Planet is like so tiny.
0: Does somebody have a list of Mars rover stats? Probably. What, Compare what stats Rovers. are you looking for? Mars rover comparison chart from JPL. Ooh. Which stats do you want to know?
1: Like how far they've traveled? Yeah. Is Curiosity the one that plays happy birthday to itself? Yes. Which is no. both adorable and terribly, terribly sad.
0: <clears throat> okay. All right. So. so they were
1: able to reconstruct curiosity's positions yes so it it knows where it is yep good that it knows where it is uh coming down from space just a little bit just to say not in outer space or in atmospheric space but like in the atmosphere boeing actually did something good (laughs) has positive news for the first time this year a month in yep and really it's the first positive news since like july yeah Wow, this company is in deep shit. Um, They just test flu, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Their 777X. Yes. So the 777, that's not the Dreamliner, right? No. That's the 787.
0: Yeah, the 777, I do believe, was the successor to the 747. But it was still a big plane. Yes. Well, the 747 was the first, I think, double aisle plane. That's how wide it was.
1: Right. And the 747 was also the one that had, like, the weird hump at the t- at the front of it because it had, like, the double-decker first class. And then they made the 777 to effectively replace it.
0: Yes. And now they've made the 777X.
1: And what is special about the 777X?
0: Um it can fit in the same spot as the actual regular 777. Okay.
1: But so you they don't do have to airport.
0: Let's see. 777X versus the 777. <coughs> What's the difference between the 777 and the 777X? Here we go. Thank you, simplyflying.com. Uh, 777X... 414 passengers versus uh, 300 of the original 777.
1: So another quarter of the plane. Yes. Okay. But, like, what do you need with it? Oh, this is this sounds great. Uh, the 777X can be flown by current generation 777 trained pilots. It is a claim that will no doubt undergo more serious scrutiny by <laughs>
0: regulators. <laughs> Since they said, oh, yeah, no, the...
1: The whole point of the 737 Max was that you didn't need new training.
0: Yep. But, yeah, no, okay. the, uh, the wingspan of the new plane is so big that they actually, uh, in order for the, the plane to use normal up. gates, yeah, the wings fold up. <laughs>
1: It does look proportionally weird. Like, I'm looking at this picture where it's staring the thing almost straight on, and those are some
0: really long wings. Yes, but they needed bigger wings for, you know, bigger plane. Yep, those engines are
1: huge. mm mm-hmm.
0: the, the diameter of the
1: engine is not significantly smaller than the diameter of the body.
0: It's also an approximate 14% less cost to run than previous models of the 777.
1: That's good. Yeah. You think those savings will get passed down to the passengers? <laughs> oh, you're funny. <laughs> As I'm looking at plane tickets to, like, go to Seattle or go to San Francisco or go anywhere in the world, because I need to go somewhere. I need to take my sabbatical. My my boss is, like, yelling at me that I need to take my sabbatical. <laughs>
0: It's it's like the the bonus version of my boss coming to me and saying you have six vacation days you need to use or lose by the end of the year.
1: Yeah, yours is a I little have, bit more. Uh, I have my my normal vacation days. Uh, But I also have two weeks that I need to take sometime in the next, like, year and a half.
0: I thought, didn't you take that when you went down to Australia? So it's four weeks. Oh, so you took half of it down to Australia. I did half of it. You can split it into two two two-week ones. Well, that would be good, yeah, because a month off somewhere, that would just, that would throw me for a loop.
1: I know people who do it, and they love it. They absolutely love it and swear by it. I do have some friends where it's a a husband and wife who both work there. And so they stagger theirs because you get it every five years.
0: Okay, so they'll one person will have two weeks, they'll have two weeks together, and the other person will have two weeks on the tail end?
1: Yeah, well, so they'll they'll do, like, a two-week, and then a two-week, and then a two-week, and then a two-week, and then it's been five years. If you do one every, like, year to year and a half... They'll just keep rolling. Right, and gotcha. they just take their, like, one of them does it, the other one just uses their normal vacation time. Okay. So they get to go to a lot of places. But, like, I don't like traveling, so I don't know where to go.
0: And you have to go someplace new, right? Yeah. You have to go to a country you've never been to before. My suggestion would be just going to Europe and then just training yourself around Europe.
1: But if I were to do that, then I get all those countries in one fell swoop. Whereas if I go to like France for two weeks, and then the next one, I go to Scotland for two weeks. And then the next one, I go to the Netherlands for two weeks, right? Each time uh, the airfare is covered.
0: Well, I know. I mean, so you you have to tell them what country you're in. You can't just say I'm going to France and then disappear into the rest of Europe for two weeks. I mean, you could no one's gonna
1: stop you but it's kind of like it's frowned upon and if they find out it's
0: not great it's like yeah i'm gonna go into france and then one time i'm gonna be down by the you know the italian alps and then disappear into italy for a day and and
1: you know we've talked about that of like what if we just fly into switzerland and then go to italy for a week and a half 90 to 93% of the Dutch population claim to be able to converse in English. Okay, we could do that.
0: Yeah, there's lots of nice little cityscapes in the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a fan of their food. I was thought you were going to say I'm a fan of Amsterdam. Why would I say I'm a fan of Amsterdam? I don't know. I mean, it is a gorgeous city. Yeah.
1: Okay, so here's the important question. What's it like to be gluten-free in the Netherlands?
0: Yes, there is your big question. That is the, the $1,000 question. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Well, while Dave is looking at that, um, yep. Activision has signed an agreement with Google for two things.
1: Activision. Why? Okay, you've, you've brought my attention.
0: Why? Uh, One part of the agreement is Activision Blizzard will use Google Cloud as their preferred cloud services provider. Okay. And the second is that, under the agreement, Google-owned YouTube will be the worldwide exclusive streaming provider outside of China for live coverage of the publisher's entire range of esports competitions. (laughs) So... I read that Call of Duty, Call of Duty,
1: Overwatch, Storm, Overwatch will all be World of Warcraft.
0: Everything, everything. Activision. No one
1: does World of Warcraft esports. Just let's let's put that. Like yes, but no.
0: Well, Heroes of the Storm really isn't getting that much attention anymore either,
1: which is sad. I've been playing it and it's it's fun. I know.
0: I I loved playing that. I love playing Diablo, charging into somebody and then throwing them over the wall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. so they can't they escape have so many characters now i don't doubt it but i'm i'm seeing this agreement in two parts yeah one f two u amazon
1: because amazon owns twitch
0: yes which previously amazon held has
1: aws
0: yep so, so you it. think
1: it's a snub to amazon or just google beat out
0: amazon well, either it, i'm not sure but it, either way it it's not pretty for amazon on this connection
1: <laughs> yeah but like Amazon has so much other shit. I know. (sighs) Multi-year esports. And it's only for esports. For live coverage of esport competitions. So it's not that, like, I as a streamer couldn't be on twitch
0: no unless there's some clause in which platforms you're allowed to stream at if you are part of x y and z which i highly doubt that would be there yeah there's no way no oh, that's interesting esports events are often responsible for the biggest audiences <laughs> with the two most watched channels on twitch being in 2019 being riot games and overwatch league
1: yeah i'd believe
0: it so how do you make sure that you know your YouTube is, you know, one of the, the go to plays for esports? Pay the buy biggest out the contracts. Yeah, buy out the contracts. Money can buy you happiness. Yep. Uh we did there was
1: a, a topic, by the way, that I I forgot to post and so I'll post it now. Uh since we're talking about companies making money and driving money and this idea of like esports driving money. Uh Pokemon Go published their tourism numbers. Their tourism numbers? so Niantic has been holding events right yeah and those events are in a specific location like go fest in Chicago
0: and the Harry Potter uh, wizard thing down in Illinois right. Indiana uh, the places, somewhere, yeah, down there. somewhere down there yeah
1: um so they did a little bit of research and did a little bit of calculation and a little bit of estimation right so take it with a grain of salt but according to Niantic the live events that they've hosted for Pokemon go has contributed to 247 million dollars in tourism revenue well
0: yeah because people are coming down there
1: from out of town right but like that's a lot yeah 250 million dollars across three cities from a year because of a game it's a fun game it is a fun game and it's a very popular game Mm -hmm. it's funny when i have to tell my trainees be like no it's still it's still played Mm -hmm. like isn't that the game that was like super popular for a week i'm like it's still popular it's still popular it still makes more money than you will ever see yes like sorry yeah it makes a lot of money
0: Mm -hmm. oh yeah another thing that's not on the topics um half-life the franchise is free to play on steam for the next two months in preparation for half-life alex yep (laughs) just to remind you about this game that we have that's
1: 15 years old. Yep. That no one, you know, supports or or builds or does anything with anymore. So if you haven't played the Half-Life series, <laughs> you should go play the Half-Life series.
0: Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah. So somebody, um, remember we talked about last week, the top 10 most successful console games in the U S since 2010 was like, you know, call of duty and call Mm -hmm. of duty and call of duty. Um,
1: and call of duty.
0: Yeah. Somebody, um, looked at the UK ones and you know, three of the top 10 are call of duty five or FIFA games in the UK. Yep. So somebody looked at that and said, okay, what happens if we remove Call of Duty and FIFA from the UK top 10 games of the decade? Ooh. So, and what's the answer? Uh, Grand Theft Auto V, Minecraft, Skyrim, Red Dead Redemption 2, Battlefield 3, Fallout 4, Just Dance, Just Dance 2, Star Wars Battlefront, and Zumba Fitness. <laughs> I love that last one. Yep. That's good. It managed 13 weeks at number one in the weekly charts. Cool. So, but
1: none of them hold a candle to Call of Duty and FIFA. Yeah.
0: So, um, if you remove uh, Rockstar and Call of Duty from the U.S. list, yep. um, you're left with three Battlefields, uh, Mario Kart 8, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Smash Brothers Ultimate, Destiny, Star Wars Battlefront, Skyrim, and Minecraft. Okay. I love the next line is no matter which way you spin it, there's no denying the success of Rockstar or military shooters. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah like i said you remove call of duty and you still have battlefield games in there in both yeah, i mean, in both they, things they, yeah
1: do you remember i think it was around 2003 where like every major game was a world war ii shooter
0: i remember that yeah i had both call of duty and battlefield i, I had both of them on cd yep oh okay
1: uh what else what do we have that's actually topics
0: well, that was a topic was it um oh. so the ps uh view, oh, there it is. Beyond of the ps view is ending ps view yes that's the playstation tv service yes well um oh right view vue yeah playstation view. like VUE. i don't remember
1: anything Why? what do i forget that's playstation view. right vue okay
0: yeah so the month of view tv is leaving Surprise, YouTube TV is now available on the PlayStation Store.
1: Hey, Google, again. <laughs> Just kind of swooping in. Yep. You're like, hello, we're still here and still relevant. No, <laughs> oh, is somebody a little cranky from his nap?
0: No, he hasn't had his nap yet.
1: Oh, God, is someone a little cranky because he hasn't had his nap? Mm-hmm. Told you about my friends where it was like 7.45 at night, and they're like, she hasn't had a nap yet. Oh,
0: jeez. That happened one time when we were traveling and it was just like, I I felt like I was just holding a hand grenade. Like sooner or or later, this is going to blow up and I'm not sure when it's going to happen. At some point, this will not be good. Okay, um... What else do we got here? EA ending Tetris, more game news. Yeah, EA is dropping the mobile versions of Tetris, but if you still want to get your mobile Tetris fix, Network's Tetris Royale for mobile is now in the stores. So
1: instead of EA, it's someone else, and that's because Tetris is actually its own thing and is actually, like, a licensed property. Yes. From the... I I think it's actually called the Tetris Company. Uh, yep, the Tetris Company, LLC. So EA's Tetris license is expiring. Yep. So they have to take it down.
0: Yep. As of April 21st, 2020, Tetris will be retired and you will no longer be available to play.
1: Sorry if you had, like, a high score.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, What else we got here? Um... Ten Cent says they're going to focus on investing in overseas companies and in smart retail.
1: Yeah, I'm a little nervous about that. Mm-hmm. Anytime a Chinese company is like, we're going to start doing international stuff. I'm like,
0: oh, mm. well, it's Chinese companies and companies from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Both of those are like,
1: mm. I have some moral issues.
0: I like humans. Well, I like some humans. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So do they. (laughs) That's true. Yes. But my, my, my feelings towards the humans I don't like are very different than
1: theirs. Also for very different reasons. Mm hmm. Okay. All right. What so, do you got TenCent is expanding internationally for smart retail. Yes, smart retail. What does smart retail mean?
0: That. Do they give a definition? That is an excellent question. With the development of TenCent's WeChat mini app ecosystem and payment platform, we will pay more attention <laughs> to smart retail and plat- payment platforms in the future. So, what the heck does smart retail mean? I, uh... I don't know. It's it's not at all clear. Nope. Chinese firms wanting to bring smart retail solutions to the market of the United States. Okay, what does that mean? Are we talking like the Amazon smart store kind of thing? Is that what smart retail is? I don't know. This thing makes me want to sign in to read more. Don't. Nope. It's a trap. Don't do it. Let me see if I can read. It's Chinese companies hope to bring smart retail solutions to U.S. market. Okay. Uh, have been weaving together the online and offline worlds towards a vision of retail that seamlessly blends stores, data, online, and logistics. The global retail industry is in a state of flux with digitization as a major trend. Mobile payment solutions have quickly veered the retail industry into a new digital era where customers benefit from fast and secure online payment experiences. So, like, Amazon stuff. Digitized stores, all-in-one restaurant solution, and all-in-one logistics and inventory solution so yeah sure uh okay i guess new kiosks new tracking new payments yep so yeah um yeah what's this with uh, irs and the turbo tax
1: oh so so a while ago years ago yeah uh the irs promised TurboTax,
0: which which intuit essentially uh, we aren't going to compete with you. Because they were going to have their own free tax service, right?
1: Right. Which would have been great because that makes taxes easier and the IRS should just do it and that's what a bunch of other countries do anyway. Yeah. Like, of course it would be a smart idea for the IRS, the people who handle taxes, to actually do your taxes for you. Because
0: uh, they've already got t- all the data anyway. <laughs>
1: Right. But there's this huge lobby of, of like, um, tax prep software saying, like, no, 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 don't do that. Please don't do that. And so the IRS for a while was like, okay, we won't do that. And now they're saying, like, well, maybe we
0: will. TurboTax maker Intuit used a robots.txt file to deliberately hide its free file page from search engines. Yeah. Ugh. So that if you search, like, free file, yeah. uh, it, it couldn't. Free file programs offer free tax prep software to people with incomes below 69000 That was us for a while.
1: Yeah, so my... So I, I could have... I do not qualify for that. Yeah, no, I don't qualify for <laughs> nope. that anymore either. Is your adjusted gross income
0: $36,000 or less? Nope. Nope. It was back then when I, you know, had to get TurboTax software.
1: Nope, mine is not. So... There's a switch down here that doesn't do anything. What? There's a switch on this webpage called Contrast and it doesn't do a damn thing <laughs> it okay. makes no changes to the web page love it yeah so
0: i don't know maybe maybe the irs will actually like step in that
1: would be great but probably
0: not well especially since their budget has been basically Slashed. cut to the bone yep
1: just amusing given that you know they're the people responsible for getting money for the government mm-hmm but they're, no. they're still, they're we need st- small government. <laughs>
0: the, the most recent IRS story I saw was that they're still trying to fight Microsoft from a 2012 uh, tax loophole where they moved everything over to uh, Ireland yep. in order to not pay taxes. Yep. They're still fighting that, and it's 2020. Yep. Uh, but the uh, the FICO scores are changing, which may or may not affect you, because Uh-oh. it turns out there are multiple FICO scores. Aren't there like three? Well, no, no, no. There are three calculators. Or there are multiple calculators out there okay so the newest one is fico 10 what um, does fico 10 do uh instead of taking a snapshot of your current status yeah it's more of a historical average so over like the last 10 years well over i don't know if they say exactly how i, I long. assume
1: because it's fico 10 or is it just fico version 10
0: that's fico version 10 version 9 uh, came out in 2014 and version 8 was 2009 and okay. according um to uh a cp uh, uh let's see industry analyst at credit cards.com and Bankrate, FICO 8 is still the most commonly used model that was released in 2009 with two okay. version updates and people are still using the older model
1: well but they're for different reasons and different things and like it's possible that the old model is still relevant
0: lenders tend to opt for over older versions of the FICO score in part because these scores form the foundation of their underwriting process
1: right if I've designed all the the software and the formulas based on the older model why would I want to update yeah
0: Because, you know, your current model is 11 years out of date. It has been working for
1: 11 years. And do you know how much time and effort it would take to create a new model? Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. Like, that's a lot.
0: Uh, FICO 10T will incorporate trended data from the past two years. I should probably check on my credit report. I have not done that in some time. So yes, your score may or may not change depending on if people use the new numbers or not. So Okay. But yeah, I didn't know that. I was like, oh, FICO scores are going to change. And I looked, I'm like, wait a second. There are 10 versions of FICO scores? There are. FICO score nigh rent payments when available have been factored into the score while medical debt is weighed less than previous versions. Yay. That's a good thing. Yeah, so. All right, Uh, we should probably hit the randoms. Yeah, probably. Okay. Random Random. Review. Yes. Your turn, sir. I am reviewing the E Yo Yo 8 inch HDMI monitor. Is it E Yo Yo or I Yo Yo or or Yo Yo? I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. But I say E Yo Yo because when you search for it, it is E Y O Y O. Cool. So I say E Yo Yo -yo -yo because. Yo Yo. 8 inch HDMI monitor. That is a tiny screen. Yes, it is a tiny screen. It is 8 inches. It is 4 by 3, which, you know, try finding a 4 by 3 monitor. I that mean, can why handle would you an H1. Well, um, I'm putting a new digital board in one of our studios. Uh huh. And the new digital board does not have audio level meters on it. Uh huh. The older boards did because. Because they were analog and yep. it was built in. Yep.
1: Okay. The, the
0: new ones are all digital. So it's basically just, it's not a board, it's basically a, a fancy looking keyboard. All the audio is handled On the back end. Right. So there's no VU meters on the board itself, but it has a DVI output for a monitor to actually look at the levels and to handle all of the programming and stuff that you can do from the the keyboard. Um, But the new studio that I have set up is a standing board. So it's already uh, four feet or no, probably like five feet up off the ground. And the co-host is directly behind the board. Mm -hmm. So I really do not want to put a big monitor right above the board so you can see your audio levels because that's right where the co-host is going to be. And I can't really make it, you know, I can't lift the co-host up anywhere because they're already standing.
1: (laughs) I love that idea, like, well, I can't just, like, float the co-host. Nope.
0: So I gotta, you know, get the monitor out of the line of sight. So I started looking at smaller monitors, because these are just, you know, 90% of the time, heck, probably 99% of the time, all you're going to be looking at is the level meters. And they're nice and big in the software, so you can see them. So I'm just like, I just need a small monitor. So I started looking for the smallest monitors, and I picked this one also, because for two reasons. One, 4 by 3 because it's a 1024 by 7068 resolution, which is what I needed for For my DVI output, because that's the resolution of the, one of the resolutions of the VU meters in the software. Mm -hmm. And it's got an HDMI input, which means I can go from DVI to HDMI without having to do any sort of converters. Okay. Okay. So, little teeny tiny screen can handle HDMI inputs, which is nice though, because also um, Raspberry Pis have HDMI outputs. Yes. So I'm thinking this is what this is actually supposed to be for. It's supposed to be for yeah, people. No, I, I think it's Pis.
1: definitely supposed to be used for like a Raspberry Pi or or a small like
0: microprocess project. But it's Although uh, it's not a touch screen. No, it is not a touch screen, which would be pretty hard to t- you know, with the resolution of ten twenty four by seven sixty eight. It's not the most prettiest thing to see. No, nope. no. Nope.
1: I'm amused that it's offering me a subscribe option
0: (laughs) (laughs) thanks amazon i appreciate that but this monitor is just 60 bucks okay it's not too bad so like you know you
1: you want something small right you're not looking for a, a giant screen yes
0: i just need something small and you know i need it to be it's also got the uh the what the v e s a mounts on the back mm-hmm. so it can mount to just any other standard monitor arm <laughs> interesting thing is it's so tiny <laughs> i know it's it's a small little monitor, but it it works. <laughs> You know, I have it there and I'm like, because I was in there like thinking like, man, it's this, is this going to be too small? It's like, do I need to go bigger? No, and then I, I, mean, I put it on top of the, the thing there. I'm like, no, if, this. If all you need is to display like something very basic, yep. like levels. Yeah. Works like a charm. This one uh, came with a stand that also has the the mounting brackets on there. Um, or it's also got a sticky base. So I could, if I really wanted to just, you know. Stick it on the wall. Stick it on the wall. Because it's not very heavy. I'll give you that much. Yeah. It also has uh, built-in speakers as well speakers are a little tinny because they're quite small mm-hmm. but you know it could be fun to do a um a smart mirror with it because it's so small yeah like one of the pictures the guys has here he fit it in an old apple macintosh computer
1: <laughs> that's cute
0: after removing the old crt motherboard and floppy drive i was able to secure the monitor with hot glue yep it worked fine with, yeah it worked fine with rpi running rasp Raspbian. so it's like if you need a little project monitor, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah, and it's not just this form factor. They've also got other ones. They've got uh, eight-inch widescreen as well. Okay. So if you need a, if you need your sixteen by nine for I don't know, watching videos or movies. The 16 by nine is uh 68 bucks and they even have a a 12 inch 60, 16 by nine for uh 98 bucks. So if you, if you need a small little monitor, this thing, it looks good and it's cheap. So I, those
1: are, are the important pieces.
0: Yes. And it's got a metal frame around it too. So it doesn't even feel like the cheap plastics of like my current HP monitor here where I feel like I could flex this thing and break it if I really wanted to. And like I said, yeah, it's got multiple inputs too. So you don't even need HDMI. It's got, um, VGA, your RCA connectors, your HDMI connector. It's got a BNC connector as well, so it's a it's a nice little uh, nice little monitor. So even has a USB output on it for some odd reason. <laughs> Five volt, one amp USB output <laughs> port what? on it. What? So, you know, you can't power it from the USB, but you can power something from the USB if you, if you wanted I don't know, something. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm thinking about every time I, I now do a new digital board install, I'm probably going to get one of these because this is, it's eight inches. If it breaks, oh no, it's 60 bucks.
1: <laughs> like I can get another one.
0: Yes. I, I have and just, you could use the subscribe and save. <laughs> i hope not because that would mean they would be failing on a consistent basis and at that point maybe yes i'll move on to something else but it's so cute it's so it's just it's just a cutie little boy is
1: it a cute little yes it's so
0: cute okay it's so uh other random topic other random topic just say the random topic the random topic rolled ahead of time. how often do you change clothes? that depends <laughs> yes, yes it does okay so for um, I'm still in my pajamas okay but, you know after I'm done recording this, I'll go shower and I'll I,
1: I think this is this is going to be the the I, I want to kind of steal this question and and change it for for a little bit. Um, What is the longest you've gone without changing clothes? Without changing
0: clothes, the longest I've gone... In your adult life. In my, we'll, we'll
1: limit. Because like aw. as a. It, who knows when we were kids.
0: Well I. I can say that there were times. When I was Boy Scout camping. Where there were times where I. Um, something would happen with my pack. Or with clothes. That I would run out of spare clothes. And we were camping at the time. So we were not able to go anywhere. So I'd be kind of stuck. <laughs> in my clothes for a weekend. <clears throat> so. I could say probably. 48 hours is probably the longest I've gone. Without changing. Okay. Now. The caveat in this, though, is work. Does your work have a dress code at all, or no?
1: Yes, it's it's kind of generous. Um, when there are customers around, wear clothing.
0: <laughs> I I'd, I'd love to see that. Is that in writing, like that? Uh, let me see if I can find it. <laughs> Because you know we're radio, so it's not a visual medium. But I still, I still wear you know the the khakis and a polo, the you know standard IT dress code. So the question is, you know, I I change my polo every day, but my pants not not so much actually. Unless they get really dirty, I I kind of just you know wear my pants for a couple of days and then change them. Does that seem weird? No.
1: Uh, it looks like the the official policy is now wear clothes. <laughs> uh but i believe it, it a long time ago it was when there are customers around wear clothes now it's just wear clothes which is fine because there's always customers around yeah uh, but yeah wear wear clothes uh and judy the the ceo has has gone on record as commenting we've never had a violation
0: <laughs> thank god Dress
1: code requires that they wear clothes. That's that's it.
0: Yeah, I I could wear probably other stuff. I could probably wear t-shirts if I wanted to. Yeah, it's just you know I don't want to be you know the guy getting called over to help a client and I come in with like you know f the police on my t-shirt or something like that. Yeah,
1: well maybe don't. Do that. Is that a shirt you have?
0: No, no, it's not. Is that
1: a shirt you would in any situation wear?
0: No, no, it is not.
1: Okay, then I don't think you need to worry about that, Andy. No. Um, so when I'm when I'm training, I'm supposed to be wearing slightly better clothing, um, but it's, it's kind of a very generous thing. So like Friday, I went in in a polo shirt and slacks, but I've definitely, I have worn pajama pants to work. <laughs>
0: I've been called into work, so I've come in my pajamas because it was an emergency situation, and I got called out of bed. Yeah, and you didn't have time to like make change because it's an emergency. Yeah, so I, you know, would just throw on a pair of slippers and drive over to work and fix it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I changed. I change the polo every day, but the dress pants depends on you know if I if I climb up into the roof and I'm walking around in the fiberglass, then I'll change my pants. But you know, if I'm just sitting at my desk, meh. Yep. I haven't done anything, so. But yeah, no, I think the longest I've gone has been 48 hours. I and that think was just out of necessity.
1: Mine may have been about that. I'm trying to remember if I've gone three days without changing clothes. I definitely did. Actually, days. no,
0: wait, no, 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 no.
1: Relatively recent, uh, because I was sick. And like I was just so sick that I did not have the energy to change clothes. Okay, packs. I had, changed your shirt every day.
0: When I was dressed up as Waldo, I still had the same long sleeve shirt on, but I always had undershirts on underneath it. And and changed
1: your underwear. Yes,
0: changed. And sh- had multiple pants. Uh, no, I actually didn't. Oh, you didn't have multiple. Okay. No, I had I had the the same pair of jeans and the same Waldo shirt, but I had an undershirt on underneath it, and I had my own bottle of Febreze. <laughs> I remember this, where I would take the I would take the Waldo costume out and just freeze it yeah. while I slept, because I'm like, no, 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 just, just you know, if I got this costume, try and keep it as long as possible. Don't, don't want to be like, hey, Waldo, can I have a? <sighs> but never mind. No, nope, never mind. I'm good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in theory, I've technically gone three days in the same outfit but that that's <laughs> i tried my hardest not to be that guy so <laughs> but yeah so yeah shirts every day new shirt yeah. pants if they get dirty that's what i got okay
1: i mean it's that's about like the same in fact <clears throat> sometimes the when it gets dirty for pants may may
0: take a long time well past when they're actually dirty when well, i'm changing my pajamas i just take a look at them and go mm, no they're clean set them back yeah. on the set them back on the chair i mean for the next I'm, day.
1: I'm feeling kind of gross in the the stuff i'm wearing now so i'll probably you know change that
0: soon well it's recycling week so i gotta change the sheets so i will have enough for a load so there you go yeah well on this home network not home network home 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 living tip that's uh that's a wrap this has been another episode of the random access podcast